you know the mainstream week four waiver wire targets. But what about those look-ahead values for your deep leagues? We got you covered with tonight's In the Scope candidates on the In-Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Because I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the bump, check a stat line, see who's up, that over-under hit too clutch. I'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the jet sweet sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves like they seen every play, so I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law with only one thing to do, I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line for you with they Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, all right, all right. It is Tuesday, September 26, 2023. And yes, we are nearly a month into this shit show that is the NFL season. The In-Between Fantasy Football Podcast is back with you to make the most of it. Tonight, we are going deep, and not as deep as a submarine goes to see the Titanic, folks, but we are going plenty deep. I am the captain of this ship tonight, Seth Wilcock, Locked and Loaded, and we are joined by my co-host, who is an award-nominated writer in this industry, a fan of old-school rap and new-school running backs, Scott Reinier. What's up, Scotty? How's it going? Go Mariners. (laughs) Let's go, baby. Uh, Also joining us tonight is a great friend of the program, the founder of Familia FFB. He's a writer at Yahoo Fantasy, at RotoWire, at Fantasy Pros, at Fantasy Points. The dude is a weapon in these streets. He's everywhere. He's mi amigo. He's Jorge Martin. What's up, Jorge? Salud, mi amigos. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, my goodness. I I love hanging out with you guys. And Tootsie Pops is in the house. Hell, yes. Hell yes, you are absolutely right, Jorge. We have the chat loaded tonight. We got Eric in here already. What's up, Eric? On his night off. We appreciate you, man. We got Didi. Hello, hello. Happy Tuesday. Thanks for making this part of your Tuesday, Didi. We appreciate you. We got Tyler in the chat coming in from live in Memphis. What's up, Tyler? And yes, we got Tootsie Pop, a.k.a. Rachel in the chat. What's up, Rachel? Thanks for tuning in tonight. Guys, we are absolutely loaded tonight. We are stacked like a Pittsburgh sandwich. Quick question. Have either of you guys had a Pittsburgh sandwich or know what I'm talking about? I've heard of it. I want to try it. I want to try it. I feel like we talked about it on a pod, but I don't remember what it's I, that was a pittsburgh style steak salad scott i think a little bit different pittsburgh oh, okay. style sandwich you're looking at the fries you're looking at the slaw right on the sandwich best served at permani brothers um and someone who knows a little bit about the pittsburgh uh steak sandwich the, the pittsburgh steak salad that's our guy kyle scott audio producer kyle what's up tonight man have you tried the pittsburgh sandwich what's good everybody how's it going seth you know I've had a Primani Brothers Pittsburgh-style sandwich. I've had several variations, and I am on record. I do not like them. I, they're <laughs> bad. Oh. They, I, the fries are disgusting. They're not crispy at all. They're the <laughs> densest, wettest they're great. brick, and it just does not complement the sandwich well at all. It's a third piece of bread. It's awful. <laughs> All right. Well, Kyle did not sell it very well, but we, we, we will sell the show to you tonight. We have headline hijinks, a little fill in the blank. That's going to be a blast. We're also going to take some questions for you. I see we have some coming in the chat already. Save those for about the next 20, 25 minutes, and we'll get to those in from the forum uh, presented by our friends over the Fancy Football Advice Network, baby. And then we uh, also have some in the scope, some deep waiver wires to talk about because Man, I don't have the fab for 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 Devon a, a Chan a, a Chain, however you want to pronounce his name. Now I don't have the fab for him, so we're gonna save you guys a little bit of fab. Um, thank you to the IBT family so much for tuning in tonight. It's your guys's help 
uh, the thumbs up, the, the subscriptions to the channel that really help us get more out to the masses. So thank you guys. We appreciate it. And let's uh, kick things off here with a little game of headline hijinks. <laughs> All right, so we're going to be playing headline hijinks a little bit differently than we usually do. Usually we come up with some wacky, fun headlines, but tonight we're doing fill in the blank with some song lyrics. And we're going to start out with the woman of the hour here, Jorge. Your thoughts on Taylor Swift and her appearance here uh, in Arrowhead in Kansas City. Well, I saw one of her most recent uh, appearances on the uh, public appearances in the, in the Northern Hemisphere uh, at SoFi Stadium, closing night. I got to see her, and I, she was just as electric just by sitting in the stand, in, you know, next to Mama Kelsey and yelling, let's effing go, you know, after he scores a touchdown. I don't know, I don't know what's cooler, that, if that's cooler than the fact that, or the fact that after the game, she she and he cleared out, you know, kind of picked up everybody's tab at a restaurant just so that they oh. could have dinner, just the two of them. That's how cool is that? Wow. OK, I didn't know that. Put it on the ticker there, Kyle. That's some breaking news from Jorge, some big J <laughs> journalism. We appreciate that scoop there. Um, all right. So we're going to we're going to feature one of Taylor's songs here. Me and blank are never, ever, ever getting back together. This is the player you are no longer starting, whether they're waiver fodder, trade bait, or just benched. You're never getting back together with them. Scotty, where are we going with this, my friend? Well, if I were if I were giving like a short term, he screwed me this week, it would be Josh Reynolds. But um, <laughs> my, my kind of just ongoing player that I've been in a relationship with for a few years now um, is Antonio Gibson. Um, oh, I'm, right, I'm just... I, I'm done. I have a 10 team home league where I just, you know, he was a bench. He was just going to be a roster clogger. So, I mean, maybe it was a little hasty, but I just dropped him. Um, fumbled again this week. Uh, so, I mean, he's just one of those that, you know, there's a handful of players in the NFL where it's Lucy's got the football. Charlie Brown's going to go kick it. And the last second <laughs> pulls it out and he, you know, defies gravity and flies upward somehow. Um, that's and the Antonio Gibson is one of those players at this point for me. So. It's fair, man. It's fair. We, we've we've been waiting for the other shoe to drop, and I feel like now it might have finally dropped. Um, Jorge, who is your player that you are never, ever, ever getting back together with? Oh my goodness, I've got bad blood with uh, Rashad Penny. You know, it's uh, you know before the season, I, I thought his ADP was gorgeous. Um, if, if, Please, I hope everybody's getting the uh, Taylor Swift references on this. One. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I well. knew I found out all too well, very, very quickly that uh, this is not going to be the season for him. He's just it, it's been uh, I have him so many places. I drafted him on so many uh so many best ball teams i drafted yeah. him on a lot of teams as like my rb3 some even my some even he became my rb2 because i you know i had like jk dobbins uh you know on some teams and it's just not there it, it's the the i mean he's rb3 maybe even rb4 and i mean that's a that's a big hill to climb the way deandre swift is looking right now i i don't think he's giving up the full-time role anytime soon um you know, and, and you're, I'm, we've had so many injuries. I'm not going to wish, I never wish for injuries, but I'm never going to plan on or, or, or expect any kind of injuries. I just, I just hope everybody stays healthy and I'm just going to look elsewhere than Penny. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even, even the, the Gainwell managers, man, we kind of have, I have a lot of Gainwell and I kind of have my head, head between my legs on that one too, because yeah, he, he got a lot of volume here late in the game, but it was not great. Um, yeah, great references there, Jorge, as well. I caught the all too well for sure. Uh, Didi's picking up in the chat. Guys, keep the questions coming. We're going to get to those in our next segment from the forum, so stay with us on that. Uh, for the player I am no longer together with, and I'm cutting bait, it's Dak Prescott for me. QB 19 on the season. He was actually in a negative game script against the Arizona Cardinals. Not only did they cost me a couple survivor pulls um, with that performance, oh. but Dak just can't get over the hump right now. He can't get over 260 yards, can't get that second TD more times than not. 
And like Mike McCarthy kind of told us what he wanted to do this season. He wanted to run the ball. And when they get in the red zone, they're just not efficient. And it's the schedule here for me. We have New England, San Francisco. You're not starting me either of those weeks. And then uh, the Chargers and a bye. So I'm, I'm cool with dropping Dak Prescott in one quarterback leagues. Are you guys joining me there? I can I mean, see it. I could see it. In one QB, he's right in that range of like a really good, a, a decent streamer option, but I'm probably not. It's not just to set it and forget it with him. I mean, the Chargers game is appealing, um, but the next two weeks. Yeah, I can't roster him. But you know what? The way the season's going, I mean, Arizona just beat Dallas. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. He could have he could have 400 yards on the on the Patriots, and it wouldn't surprise me. You know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, in, ge- in general, in one QB leagues, I'm not super committed to him right now. Yeah, yeah Dak Prescott's a reason why I went. I tried to go elite QB as much as I could, um, kind of topping out at, at Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you know, he's one of those quarterbacks. He's kind of like Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff, good at home, but you kind of can't trust. And I just, I, you know, I, I, at best, I want to platoon him. And I am platooning him on a uh, Pros with Joe's team. With, mm-hmm. with, of all people, Kirk Cousins. I, I have him in a couple of leagues as my second quarterback behind Anthony Richardson. And I've kind of liked the stash there because if Richardson got hurt like he like he did earlier in the season, I could get, you know, ha- throw Dak in there. Just has not worked out. I'd rather just cut bait and pick up a streamer those weeks that I need one. So um, let's go to the next song here. We're going to fill in the blank. He poured this wisdom out, said, if you want my two cents, I'm making a dollar count. Buy. This is usually the, the lyric on this is usually buy dirt. Yeah, uh, anyone know that one? Jordan Davis, Luke <laughs> Bryan. That's a that's a country song. I don't know how many country fans we got in here. Um, but instead of buying dirt, who is a player we are buying, Jorge? Quentin Johnson. Uh, with Mike Williams down, I I the smart money right now is on Josh Palmer. You get you get Josh Palmer, and he's gonna he'll he'll help you right now. I think Quentin Johnston is a guy after they've got the week five bye. I think somewhere after the bye, it could be, you know, week six, seven, eight. At some point, I feel like the light's going to turn on and the opportunity is just going to be there for him. I mean, he's so ultra talented. I keep going back to, um, you know, before the season, I talked to uh, Fernando Ramirez, who's a beat writer for the covering the Chargers. Mm-hmm. And he told me that Derwin James himself said that Quentin Johnston is him that he is that talented that he's going to be a great one. So I trust Derwin James. I don't think he, I, I think, I think he knows receivers better than anybody else because you know, he's got to cover them. <laughs> all right. All right. Scott, who are you uh, buying right now? Jorge, he, he's in the market for a little rookie wide receiver action. Where are you going with yours? So mine's kind of, mine's not necessarily like a traditional buy low. It's a pretty prominent player and it's one of my all ends and I won't shut up about him. But it's Chris Olave uh, with the Saints. And there's a reason for it. I mean, yeah, it's it, it's not like he's sitting there on waivers or anything like that. But, you know, he hasn't scored yet. He hasn't. We've had all these we've had all these fireworks from different players, including receivers, that I think can distract people from people like Olave. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's fantasy points that we need. So, yeah, yep. I mean, if he doesn't score a touchdown all year and does a Deontay Johnson, then this will look bad. But he's averaged almost 11 targets a game, almost eight catches a game, uh, 100 yards receiving per game. That's with Derek Carr, Jameis Winston, doesn't matter. Uh, he, to me, he's matchup proof, QB proof, and the touchdowns will come. So if anybody, if he can get a little bit of a discount just because he hasn't scored yet, he's not really high up there in the PPR ranks with some of these other guys yet. But I mean, you know, with, with as much as I pour into this now, like his stat sheet, I just ignore the touchdowns. Everything else about it is just so tantalizing as one of just the premier stud receivers in the league. So if, you know, it's early season people, I'm not necessarily thinking people are panicking on Olave, but you know, you could, they you might could, be, you could, you could find it. I think you could find a pretty good deal with somebody who has, you know, splashed a little bit more who season long, I think would be less valuable than Olave. Especially with now Jameis Winston taking over as quarterback there until Derek Carr is back with that AC sprain. I think there can be some people panicked. I don't think that's a huge downgrade to Jameis personally. I, I know he he didn't play great in a lot of that game, um, but he ultimately got them in field goal position to win it. So 
I, I don't think James Winston is that big of a downgrade. So I'm with you there. I haven't been on the Olave hype as much this season, Scott, but now is a chance that if I can get a piece of him, I would like that piece. Um, another wide receiver I also want a piece of here is T. Higgins. Talk about a guy who had a bad game in primetime. People are soured on him right now, I think. They they come out week one, he has a, a donut, and then comes back here last night, doesn't have a donut, but pretty damn close to it. But this is someone I think we still need to be investing in, someone we still need to be buying, averaging 10 targets per game. Burrow looked decent in this new quick passing offense uh, for, for the Bengals. I kind of liked what they were doing, getting their playmakers involved, not just downfield, but in the intermediate and shorter routes, which was cool. And we got Tennessee in week four, boys, for the Bengals. This could be a huge game. Uh, this is a team that their secondary has not been good for years now. So I, I'm looking to exploit that and get some T. Higgins on my roster now when I can. Love that call. Love yeah, that call. I think he's a good one. He's especially this I week. mean, yeah. And if you could have, you know, if you could have bought bought low after week one, because I mean, he it was so funny because I was looking at all the target shares after week one, and he was like top fifteen. <laughs> yeah. He had zero catches, so it was just yeah. like okay. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I mean I think Burrow's going to get healthier hopefully. Um, and I agree. I mean, you saw it with Jamar Chase too. Went from really quiet to exploding in that game, not with touchdowns, but with catches and yak. Yep. He will get his eventually. Just stay patient with it, guys. We got Gavin in the chat. What's up, Gavin? Appreciate you tuning in tonight, man. Uh, Looks like we got Toronto Dave in the chat. What's up, Dave? Dave. We appreciate you, brother. Um, All right. Let's get to the next fill in the blank here. So we just keep on waiting, waiting. The, the that's supposed to be John Mayer. I, I know I'm no John Mayer, <laughs> but uh, uh, we got a little John Mayer here. Who was a player, Scott, that you are waiting on? You're still holding out hope for, and you're not trading them. You're not cutting bait quite yet, and you have some hope for the future. Well, this isn't a player that's necessarily underperformed. This is a player that started off the season injured and is potentially coming back this week, and that's Christian Watson from the Packers. Um you know, I mean, he's been a somewhat polarizing player and, you know, it was a small sample size in college and a relatively small sample size last year, you know, with some big plays. But I keep hearing this, this like he could be a stud or he could be Chase Claypool. He is not Chase Claypool. <laughs> I mean, that I mean, I, I, I kind of get that comp. But I mean, if you've seen him play, I mean, yes, he relied on some big plays last year, but just go watch those big plays like. He's a man. He's a man amongst boys when he gets that ball in his hand. So um, he's coming. You know, he's he's been injured, so he's just under the radar at this point. And I, I don't think people are necessarily cutting bait yet. You know, they're probably holding out hope. But I'm holding out big hope. I drafted him on a bunch of teams. Um, Jordan Love has looked competent. Um, yep. The yep. Packers' offense has looked competent, and you know it'll even be more so when Aaron Jones comes back. So yeah, I'm I'm still still very very uh, optimistic about Christian Watson this year. Well, I, th- I think with the Packers, too, they are an organization that rests their players and an organization that is very cautious with it as well. So when he comes back, he's going to be that guy. So I'm 100% with you there, Scott. Jorge, who is someone you are continuing to wait on? Uh, unfortunately, I love the Drake. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Drake will end that. I, you know, he's, I, it's, it's tough to have watched him only get 14 targets in the first two games, in the first three games. But, um, you know, one of those games, he had one target. That was the, that was the opener. And I think that, I think the Falcons are going to have to start throwing a little bit more. I mean, the last game, uh, um, uh, Desmond Ritter threw 38 times. So yeah. that, that was very much, I, th- I think that's very encouraging. I think he's going to, he's got to be more involved. I mean, he's, uh, they can't just rely on Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier, Tyler Algier, his involvement's coming down a little bit more, but uh, but really the the thing is they're gonna need I, Drake London was so peppered with targets when Desmond Ritter was was there, uh, you know, closed out the season in those last four games. He actually, you know, did, I you know if you had him in the, during the playoff run, he actually helped you, and so I I just think there's gonna be a point where his 
his usage is gonna is gonna kind of increase and you know getting six to eight targets the occasional 10 you know double digit games but uh for the most part i think it's i think really his usage is gonna mirror i hate to say it but it's gonna mirror like aj brown did you know in the in the arthur smith years i feel like i feel like drake london is his aj brown on this team I've never thought about it like that. That's a really that's a really good comp there, Jorge. I've never thought about that. Um, I have thought about trying to buy low on Drake London in a couple of leagues where I am wide receiver needy, though. So I do love that call here. Um, someone that I am waiting on, and I'm, I, man, I, I I'm waiting. I am a little nervous, but I, I I think it is okay for Derek Henry managers right now, folks. I know if you drafted Henry in the second, maybe back half the first round, you could be a little worried. But let's go back to last year. He scored two games, uh, the first two games, less than nine PPR points in both of those. And then what did he do? He reeled off five of six straight games uh, as an RBA or better. He was fantastic down the stretch last season. They're, they're getting Peter Skronsky back in this Tennessee Titans offensive line. He's been dealing with some health issues, um, but he should be back. That will make that line a little bit better. I believe he is their best offensive lineman at this point. And the Titans boys, like they have to win with Derrick Henry. They, they have no other chance. And I think it starts here. They're they're going home. Cincinnati comes on a short week. This is a physical team that they're going to play on a short week. So I think it boasts well for Derrick Henry. So I'm going to continue to wait on Big Henry. You can't sell now. You can't. I, I've seen people trying to sell him, and I, you, this is as low as the value is going to get. You can't do it. No, you can't. You can't. You can't sell low. I mean, especially when you've got those Houston games in weeks fifteen and seventeen. If you if you have any hope of being in the playoffs, you want Derrick Henry in your lineup at that point. They're they're still giving up some run, some some rushing yards. Yeah, don't. Yeah, if you're if if anything, you maybe look to buy low in a couple of weeks because they've got Cincinnati not a very good matchup. Then they've got, um, and then they've got they've also got Baltimore before their bye. So it, you know, it might not be wonderful between now and the bye week. Then after the bye, they, you know, according to my, my little calculated (laughs) strength of schedule, colorful charts, um, you know, Tampa Bay and maybe, maybe Miami, the only two kind of negative matchups the rest of the way, the two with Houston, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, a lot of, a lot of teams that have been good matchups for running backs thus far. So um, and who who knows where the AFC South's going to be? You know, yeah. like it's going to be a dog I mean, fight. Who, both the AFC and NFC South. Same with Drake London. I mean, Atlanta is going to have to pass. They're going to have to pass more because they're. It doesn't matter if they win one, lose one, win one, lose one. They're going to be in the hunt for the division title. So, um, so I don't think Henry's going anywhere. You know, I mean, he's dealing with a little bit of a toe injury right now. I don't know how serious it is, but you know, right. so there, there's there's always that risk. But yeah, he's a guy. I mean, you're just kind of you're kind of chugging him out there for now. Um, if you don't have him, and he disappoints for the next few weeks, then you might be able to buy low for a good schedule. Last one here, guys. Last fill in the blank for the night. It's something unpredictable, but in the end, it's right. I hope you had the time of your life with this. A player you are desperately trying to sell high right now. Jorge, who is it? Who are you trying to get out from under right now? Oh well, I don't know if I'm ready to get out from under him, but I want I want to get as much as I can for Devon Achan. So I I love that it's uh, the the E is uh, more than silent on that one. <laughs> I you know what two, two I mean the guy had one rushing attempt and then pops for 233 yards. This is the epitome of sell high. He had four. This this game is uh, reminding me so much of that Chase Claypool explosion game three years ago, where he had you know out of nowhere he had four touchdowns, and then he was pretty good the rest of the season. But you know he's still always going to be the, you know three years later he hasn't come close to four touchdowns. Devon Chan is uh, I, I think he's incredibly talented. I think he's very fast, but I think right now in this running back market being as uh you know as scarce as it is if you have any kind of depth uh you know you should be looking to trade him because i think his value is never going to be higher than it is right now it's caliente no it's a smart it's a smart i mean yeah it's a player that is a rookie for one so it's the shiny new object thing two you know he had some hype three he scored 50 points so it's like i mean there is no direction to go and he did he scored 50 plus fantasy points on a 41% snap share. Like everything about that game basically broke my brain when I was going over the stats for that game. Everything. 
It was crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, because there's going to be people that will pay a hefty price chasing that. I'm good. I'm good on it. I'm good. I I, I totally agree with you, Jorge. If someone out there is willing to pay for A-Chan, uh, go ahead and sell them off. Scott, who is your sell high here? It's just, I, I tweet it out anytime it happens. My sell high is Gabe Davis, if you can, um, because he scored again. That's two yep. weeks in a row he scored a touchdown. So I I try, I don't always get, I don't always do it, but I try anytime Gabe Davis scores a touchdown, I tweet out, hey, it's your weekly reminder to try and sell high on Gabe Davis because he scored a touchdown. So um, I don't know. One, one catch, too, and it was a touchdown. Well, and that's, and that's my point with him. You know, he has, he has these touchdowns every now and then, but I've been, I've been looking at this metric. I've been like trying to come up with this new way to look at, you know, it's, it's, it involves snap share routes, run and targets per route. It's combining that together because there's the, the receivers out there that are on the field for 80, 90% of the snaps running tons of routes and have a really, really low targets per route run. That's not good. Um, that's not something that's probably going to change. Snap shares can, but if, if you're not earning targets and he, and Gabe Davis and our the guy we were talking about pre, uh, pre-game, uh, Alec Pierce, they're both at the very bottom of that list. They play all game long. They run tons of routes. They just don't get targets. Poor so suckers. I, if I can anytime, and I, I say this hypothetically because I don't have any Gabe Davis, um, but if I do, if I do, I'm trying, I'm trying to get something for that, for just for the touchdowns. Okay. All right. And I'll round us out here with, I'm selling high on George Kittle. This is just a target share thing, guys, like 26.5% target share last week, week two, 12 and a half percent target share. That's gross week one, 21.4. And I think like that's pretty much where he lives when Brandon Ayuk is healthy. When you have Ayuk, Debo and McCaffrey on the field, there's just not enough to go around. So I think you got to get out of George Kittle when you can. I saw a trade going down in my home league today, very competitive league. Uh, it was George Kittle for Jordan Addison. And I think that's a a very solid trade. I, I would I would take Addison for Kittle in a minute. So well done. Uh, my brother actually made that trade. So shout out to my brother, Austin. Um, yeah, I, I, I think Jorge sounds like you're in on selling Kittle as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You're, I mean, the – he had a big game. Why? Because Brandon Ayuk was out. It, his biggest games are when either Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel are out. Yep. Ayuk is going to be coming back. Uh, it looks like he might be coming back this week. So um, that, that just puts him da- further down the pecking order uh, on touches where at the very least he's number, you know, at best he's number four. And then after, I mean, they have a good matchup for tight ends against Arizona this week, but then their three after that are Minnesota. Hold on, I got it. Dallas, Cleveland, Minnesota. Dallas, Cleveland are top ten against tight ends. Minnesota, God help you if, if you're if you're trying to cover wide receivers, but they're top fifteen against tight ends. At least they have been so far. So not not good tight end matchups. Um, and you know Arizona and Minnesota are great wide receiver matchups. So I just don't I don't see. I mean it's probably going to be similar to most kill years. You've got you've got these spike games that happen, but there's a lot of disappointment. Yeah, it's something I can't fuck with anymore, to be honest. I, I've done it before, and I, I've had enough of George Kittle there. So, uh, guys, let's go ahead. Let's answer some questions for everyone here in our next segment from the forum. If you're up, stuck, think about what to do here in between. We got advice for you. Back and forth all day trying to pick the play. Let's hear what the boys here had to say. Presented by the Fantasy Football Advice Network. All right, the Fantasy Football Advice Network. Thank you guys so much for powering this segment. And if you guys haven't checked it out, what are you waiting for? This is the platform that combines all these different apps that you've been using in the past. Facebook, Instagram, Patreon, Discord. And it brings it all together in one fancy sexy looking app desktop program as well that you can get involved with and it really is a great place where fantasy football analysts and fantasy football enthusiasts can support each other and it's all right there we don't get all the bs like we do on some of these other social platforms so check them out you can use our promo code ibt and you can get yourself 25 percent off your first month it's about the price of a cup of coffee so save yourself the calories get over there on uh fantasy football advice forum 
And uh, let's go ahead and get to some questions in the chat before we get to the ones from over there on the network. The first one here uh, came from a little bit ago, Braves fan. Hunter Henry or Luke Musgrave this week? Jorge, Hunter Henry, a bit of a disappointment in in week three. All the hype was going towards him, and he, and he let us down once again in uh, New England Patriots fashion. So how do you feel about him this week? Luke Musgrave, though, has caught just a lot of hype this last couple last couple of days. He's going to be heavily rostered here, I feel like, after week four. Well, if Christian Watson can pl- if Christian Watson plays, I'm looking at Hunter Henry. Um, okay, and uh, because I just think I, I just think they're going to look to to target Watson. Though I I just wonder if he didn't play on on Sunday, third game in a row, why would they bring him back on a short week? Uh, so uh, Luke my, Luke is looking good, but you know what? I also look at the fact that on the uh, you know on Hunter Henry's side. Mac Jones looks for him. And this is a game where this is a home game as we were talking about for Dak. So it, it looks like he's going to put up some points and I think Mac Jones is going to have to throw to keep up with them. And with Trayvon Diggs out, uh, you know, that just, I, th- I think that's, you know, further, you know, debilitates that secondary. I think I, you know, I could see, I could see Hunter Henry, you know, popping a touchdown, uh, you know, get, uh, getting that touchdown deodorant as, uh, as uh, Scott Pianowski says so eloquently. Yeah. I- I'm with you there, man. I think Hunter Henry is the safer play here. Um, you're still looking for a touchdown pretty much, but Scott, you said in your article yesterday, a touchdown pretty much makes you a top six tight end on the week. That's how it's been this year. It's like there haven't yep. been, there just haven't been many games. There's been a couple Waller had like 70 yards. I don't think Kittle scored. There's been a couple games where yardage and catches got tight ends up there, but for the most part, it's only if you score. Um, Don't forget, I'm Kittle going... scored. I'm sorry, not Kittle. Kelsey scored. Yes, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. For his lady, um, I'm going contrarian here. I'm I'm going with Musgrave Ooh. personally. Um, the thing with Christian Watson, the reason I think he might play, I heard this on a pod that is he was he was technically a game time decision last week, so he yes. was really close. So I think just him not playing last week was the play it safe. And I think he'll be ready to come back. Um, so the reason th- th- these two are very close for me. And so really it comes down to matchup on this one for me. Um, Hunter Henry is at Dallas, uh, you know, top, top 15 against tight ends so, or yeah, against tight ends so far. And Luke Musgrave gets a home game with the lions who have been the third easiest tight end matchup this year. So, and I mean, yeah. You know, Musgrave had a little bit of a under the radar, non flashy coming out party this past week. I mean, I had it in front of me a second ago. He, you know, he approached a twenty percent target share and smooth transition, Scott. Um, <laughs> you know, six catches, eight targets, forty nine yards. Which I mean, six catches, forty nine yards in PPR tight end premium in this yeah. in this environment that we're in with tight ends. That's a solid day. So I, I would, if Christian Watson's back, I would, I would be concerned a little bit, but I mean, Musgrave's snap share, all three of really more Laporta and Musgrave so far, their snap shares as far as for rookie tight ends have been ridiculous. They are the tight end ones. There is no, no question about it on both of their teams at all, which is just crazy. It's never, it's just usually not like that. So I'm going, I'm going Musgrave here. Cause I just think, I think he has a better, better chance to make you happy if he doesn't score. Okay. Scott's shooting for the higher ceiling without the touchdown there. Here we got one from Fresh Prince CEH. Uh, Great name there. Just got offered Jamar Chase and Pacheco for Amon Ross St. Brown and Raheem Moster. PPR redraft league. Oh, man. Oh, man. Good on Monday Night Football. He did. He did. And he played that new role that I was kind of chatting about. You know, they moved him all, all around the formation. We finally saw like a, a lower ADOT for Chase for once in his career as well, which was, was kind of nice, kind of cool to see them getting involved in different ways. But but with that said, I don't know if I can, I can move on. Like, I don't think the difference from St. Brown to Chase right now is that big that I can also downgrade from Mostert to Pacheco right now. Scott, how do you feel about this one? Uh, this one's close for me. Um, I actually I, lean that take the side of the best player and that's chase. Yeah. I think if picture this question. Yeah. I mean, actually just if like picture this question being asked a week ago, 
things would be totally different on both sides of it um, because Chase hadn't had a big game yet. And I mean, Mostert also scored four touchdowns and went completely bananas uh, against the, against the Broncos. So, but I'm trying to not let that cloud my judgment on a trade like this too much either. I think at the end of the day, there isn't really that big of a difference between Mostert and Pacheco, to be okay. honest with, with, with a Chan now there, you know, taking 40% of the snaps last week and probably more going forward. Um, so it's hard though, man, because like part of the, part of the, part of the deal with Mostert and, and a Chan is it's not just like, Oh, they, they, it's like this system is built for both of them. Mike McDaniel's system is, it's just, it's oh, yeah. a blueprint it's for success perfect. for both of those running backs. So it's really, really hard. I mean, Mostert, he, he has a reputation, you know, he's had, you know, he, couple different seasons he was ran the fastest time of any run of the season at like 23 miles per hour but he could never stay healthy um so he's got this kind of nagging like but i mean i'll tell you right now if you take out aaron jones the number one and number two running backs in the league right now fantasy points per game are raheem mostert and devon achan number one and number two yeah it's just, it's crazy um I so I, I'm sorry, I got off on a tangent there. I'm still probably going the Jamar Chase side just because, to me, that's not that's not a ridiculous amount to pay for what I consider the best player in the in the deal. Jorge, you sound like you're with Scott on this one as well. I'm always the one who's getting the best player in the deal. I think it's very close between uh, Chase and St. Brown, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, Mostert has never finished a season healthy. And Pacheco, I, I was just looking at his numbers recently, you know, just a little while ago, and he still ran the role. You know, people talk about his not having a big role. He had he he ran one more route than Jarek McKinnon, who's supposedly their pass game specialist. So he's got the involvement happening. So I I I kind of I kind of look at you know Chase and Pacheco to be kind of uh, yeah a, a little bit of a winner winner plus you get you get two dynamic offenses that are just uh that that are i mean actually when you look at all four teams all four teams have have really really you know styling offenses i just i i just lean a little a little toward chase and pacheco on this one i do think though this is as trades are kind of supposed to be i don't know the construction of either yeah this is but this is a good trade for both parties like you've got somebody selling high and you've got somebody buying high involving mostert and that's totally fine you know Great trade there. Great trade. Um, here we have Wizzy asking, who would you guys recommend buying at the price of Gabe Davis? So if I'm selling Gabe Davis, um, I'm looking to package him with something else and upgrade to yeah. a, a better wide receiver, maybe get in that wide receiver two range. If there's an Amari Cooper trade out there, uh, a Christian Watson trade. I, I know he's kind of been talked about a little bit on tonight's show. Um, but if you're looking for a one-for-one, and you're trying to get to a different position here for Gabe Davis, I think you could easily get over to like a Rashad White, a Javante Williams, someone kind of in that range, um, I think is right where you're looking at here. I I trade Davis for Pacheco. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I I think that's another one kind of in that range. Yep. Yeah. I I would, I would also target the Josh Allen uh, fantasy, man, the, the, the owner who has uh, Josh Allen, because it's probably really that probably that person probably did not have Stefan Diggs, uh, and so you kind of talk you could kind of talk them into that stack and get uh, maybe get uh, like one of the running backs that you're talking about. Got here one from Owen. Uh, I have Jacobs, Brees Hall, Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen, Travis Kelsey, Amari Cooper, Brandon Ayuk. Should I trade Amari for Alvin Kamara? Wow, like this Jacobs, is, Brees. This I is a, this is an absolutely loaded squad, by the way, Owen. Holy cow! This is like a league. This is one of the best how, squads I've seen in a comment this did, year. How did you decipher Justin Jefferson out of? Yeah, Jettas. I don't. Jay Jettas. I don't know. I just that's kind of a slang slang name for him. So maybe that's not okay. him. If, that, if that's not Justin Jefferson, let me know, um, and we'll certainly correct that. I don't think you need to trade Amari for Alvin Kamara right now. I mean, you, you certainly can if you want a better running back too than Brees Hall. Brees Hall has been shaky. Um, although I kind of like Brees to bounce back a little bit here on Sunday night football against the Chiefs here in week four. Um, so I, I understand you you making that move, but I just think Amari's been so good lately. I think you can get someone better. Uh, I think you can get someone better 
than uh, Alvin Kamara and the unknown factor there, boys. Yeah, I think I, I would agree. I would try to get more for for Cooper, um, Amari get Cooper. Like a James Cook, you know. Well, like... I mean, especially since I mean, we really don't know what's going to happen with Kamara yet. Like, you know, is he going to come back and be Kamara of old? You know, I mean, the team desperately needs that. Um, but yeah, I'm just I. That's a little too risky for Amari Cooper for me right now. I mean, you can't always just wait till you see it before you make a decision. But in this case, I would try and go for somebody a little bit better than than Kamara. It's a, it is a stacked team, though, for sure. Yeah, really stacked team. To think that Kamara could be your number three running back on this on this <laughs> squad, and you've already got Jefferson Keeney. I mean, what is this? An eight team league? You know, um, <laughs> when I look at uh, the, when the, when I think about this trade, though, if um, because the running back market is so depressed right now because of injuries, I kind of look at it as the possibility that Kamara, I mean, Kamara could be uh, very valuable going forward. Kendra Miller, I think had a lot of excitement around him and uh, that excitement ended up going to Miami with uh, Devon Chan. So uh, I, I, I just, I wonder with Jamal Williams going on IR, I think I, I wonder if Kamara might be coming into a pretty sizable, role would you trade him for miles sanders straight up i i don't think I, i'd hold on to miles sanders rather than uh, miles sanders getting four, four or five receptions a game i don't think i'm trading him for kamara right now he's kind of has a lockdown role in carolina even though it's not a a great offense there so i don't think i would do that either um Agreed. guys uh Agreed. we'll we'll get to some of these other questions here as we talk waiver wires i see one in uh, in there about cj stroud um and it do we expect a Justin Fields bounce back? We'll get to those here. I do want to get to some questions over on the forum, though. Um, some really good ones tonight. And r- right away, we're getting put to the task uh, with his first question. Devon A-Chain uh, or Raheem Mostert rest a season. Wow, this one is really tough. It's from our guy Z-Bear over there on uh, the Fantasy Football Advice Network. Scott, where do you lean here, man? Because you obviously said, like, you laid it out. It was a very outlier performance from a Chan. But at the same time, Mostert, he's a 31-year-old running back who has a very, very long injury history. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't typically just solely rely on my gut. But my gut right now for this question is screaming a Chan. Um, And then just kind of the way I play is screaming a Chan for better or for worse. I just think he has more upside. I think he has a higher ceiling. Um, you know, he, it, it's hard to talk about injury because a Chan didn't play till now because he was injured, you know, but I'd be, I'd be a lot more worried about Mostert just with his age and his history. Um, and it's just kind of the, the, the appeal of the still, still unknown. Cause yes, he's not going to average 51.3 PPR fantasy points per game. But what is it going to be? You know what I mean? It, yeah. It, yeah. It, was, it, it could be a ham sandwich. Both or ways. Be you could be like, okay, 41% snap share, 50 points. Obviously, that's not sustainable. But holy crap, what if he creeps up to 60% snap share? Yeah, not 50, but maybe 20 a game. So I just, it's, it, again, and I, I, I'm suckered in by rookies more than I probably should be. Um, but if I had to make this decision here, I just think it, I would have more fun and excitement within myself. Um, as a manager, if it was a Chan. Yeah. He, his value to me feels like it can only go up from here while Mostert feels like he can lose some touches here, might lose some touches when Jeff Wilson Jr. Comes back as well. Uh, Jorge yourself here, a a, a Chan or Raheem Mostert. Almost always I go for the younger guy and I, I, at the, at the running back position. I mean, this is a position where youth is served and I just look at him as just, uh, I mean, he's hes so young, so dynamic, so fast. I mean, the speed translates. That 4-3-2 speed in the 40-yard dra- dash just, I mean, it, there was a run that got called back, wh- which I thought was his most special run of the day, where he just, you just saw the acceleration go for, from him. Uh, I I, th- I think with him, and plus, like you laid it out, Raheem Mostert, in the, in the, with that extensive injury history, if you're, if I'm talking rest of season, I'm, I, I'm putting my money on a Chan. Okay. 
All right. Um, here's another one from the forum. Great question. How do you rank these wide receivers of rest of the season? Quentin Johnston, Joshua Palmer, two Los Angeles Chargers wide receivers, Jahan Dotson, fall from grace for our guy out of Penn State, and then Marvin Mims, uh, explosive as hell, but no touches for, for our guy Mims here. Although he, he is getting more touches, but still not where we want to see him. Uh, had a nice punt return for a touchdown as well here last week. Um, looking at this right away, I would probably go rest of the season. Now that Mike Williams is down to an ACL, Quentin Johnston, Josh Palmer, Dotson Mims for me. Or, I, no, I'd probably even go Jahan too. I, Johnston, Jahan, Palmer, Mims. Yourself, Scott? Oh, I wanted you to ask Jorge first. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, again, this is uh, kind of depends on how you look at it. Um, you know, right away out of the gate, I would have Palmer. I think Palmer has the most short-term success of this group. Agreed. Agreed. Um, short-term. Yes. Yeah. But as far as upside and rest of season, especially with the track record of rookies gaining steam second half of the year, I probably would just chasing the ceiling go with Johnston. Um, I honestly, it's close for me between Dotson and Mims too. The, re the reason with Mims is because yes, he has, you know, his, his touchdown rate, it's ridiculous. The reason he's up the top of the fantasy leaderboards is because of touchdowns and just big plays. But if we're talking about rookies getting more involved, more snaps, running more routes in the second half of the season, then why wouldn't that also apply to Marvin Mims, um, who has already showed flashes in his limited work, whereas Quentin yeah. Johnston really hasn't. Um, I just, and I love Mims. I've loved Mims all off season. Um, you know, I drafted in my home league and I got a lot like it in like the 12th or 13th round. And I got all this like, Oh dude, what a reach. And I was like, just wait, man, just wait, just wait, not a reach. Um, so, um, and I, I, I have Palmer last just because in this, in, in this scenario with the situations, I mean, I'm, yeah, to me, I'm basing it more on talent than situation here. And, and yep. I think Palmer's the least talented receiver of this group. Jorge, where do you rank these guys? You know, I want to put Jahan Dotson first just because Sam Howell is standing back there and he's pitching the ball. Um, I think I think he could have the most uh, the 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 most targets on a week to week basis between now and, the, and now and the end of the season. Could Johnston and Mims catch up to him uh, on the back half of the season? I think it's very possible. Um, so I think I put I put uh, Dotson one. And gosh, I want to. I, I, I'm going to put Palmer fourth because I think by the, I think by the back half of the season, I think he's going to be even even in that high powered offense. I think he's going to be kind of kind of uh, tamped down. And uh, I probably I probably go QJ Mims and then Palmer. Okay, all right, I like that. I like that. I did and see. Speaking of the Chargers, I did see an interesting point by our friend Jeff Bell today on on Twitter slash X. Um, what if the Chargers uh, run more two tight end sets, and this is this injury ends up being big for Gerald Everett? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I think Everett could be a, a a playmaker down the stretch, but I mean, right now, man, we got Donald Parham like like ripping in. Yeah, the the, the tight end touchdown vulture, Donald yeah. Parham. Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm good on that. Um, but I love this question, and man, I hope we see some more Marvin Mims because he has been exciting to see. So He's fun. Um, also, we do have the Shitter Bowl this weekend as well, boys. We have Chicago and Denver. Oh, One yes. of these teams will not be winless after this week. So Marvin Mims, like his projections, very low on on what if they on... tie. What if they tie at zero? Yeah. Oh, okay, zero, well, zero maybe tie. not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess that was a false statement there. Oh my god! Um, but but the point being, Marvin Mims might be a sneaky play this week. I know his projections not going to be high on a lot of platforms because he doesn't get the touches, but against the bears man like i'm willing to roll out scott's grandma against the bears right now so i mean it's it's a shitter bowl that could it could have even though both teams are terrible it could have a lot of fantasy points scored. i know that's yes yeah i mean we just saw what denver did so i think chicago is going to have some success and uh i mean not 70 points worth but i think chicago could could be in this one and uh what do you think wins i think chicago I think Gundam they're is. home. Gun, Gund, I, I, I just, 
I don't know, man. I think it's a sinking ship with the Broncos once again. I, I, I good. I'm, I'm happy about it too. I, I hate to say it, but Russell Wilson fucked, fucked me and you over, fucked this whole program <laughs> over last year. So, uh, I was glad to be on the, on the, I'm still on the rooting right for side. Mims and I'm still rooting for Javante. Yes. Yes. I'm with you there. Uh, let's go ahead and round out the show. And uh, guys, thanks again for the fantasy football advice network for powering that segment. If you guys want to ask us more questions on the regular, get over there, put them in, in the chat over there on the, on the network and we'll get to those. Um, and let's go ahead. Let's round it out here. Some in the scope. I have Requesting permission to engage in the scope. In the scope, this is our waivers a week early segment. We're going to first run through some of these mainstream targets. Uh, we've been talking about Jordan Love for a month. He was one of my favorite sleepers coming in the year. He's still under 50% rostered. That's going to change after tonight, after the waivers run. But if he's out there, grab Jordan Love. And then we had a comment here in the chat uh, about CJ Stroud. And would you be dropping, I believe it was Geno Smith uh, for CJ Stroud or Justin Fields? I don't think I, I would quite go that far, but like CJ Stroud, what he's doing, boys, we, we can't look past it. I mean, there's not a lot of rookies in their first three games that throw for over 800 yards, zero, zero interceptions. This is like getting close to the level of like maybe what Justin Herbert did as a rookie and uh, Stroud's firing all cylinders, boys. So something to keep in mind there, I think. That's a close one for me. Like I'm not ready to completely just like bail on Justin Fields quite yet. Trade um, Justin Fields. You, you, I would say hold Justin. If you can roster all three of them for one week, if you can stomach it, and then trade Justin Fields after he plays the Denver Broncos, like that's maybe what I would do, and then roll with a Geno Stroud stack. I'm, yeah, I'm keep I'm keeping an eye. Like if I'm choosing between Geno and CJ Stroud, I don't think it's that. I no, think it's, it's pretty close right now. Yeah. I mean, Stroud's thrown it 50 times a game almost. Like, yes, you love to see it. Uh, he does. He is looking so good. He looks really good. Yeah, he. Lo- I mean, he looks like he's been back there a long time. I mean, you, you, uh, Seth, you talked about the the Justin Herbert. I mean, I watched very closely that that rookie year, and you know, it, it, Stroud. If he gets a few more games, then I'll start to think about it. Plus, the 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 big the big part about it is it, it's. Uh, I mean, he's got they've got some beatable defenses. Yes, that, they do. They're coming up. Great schedule. Great schedule. Um, okay, let's talk some running backs here in the mainstream. Roshan Johnson, we've been screaming his name for months. Pick him up. He looks like the, the RB1 eventually for the Bears. Ty J Spears, outsnap Derrick Henry again. Not really getting the touches we want, but seeing the field a lot and is a valuable handcuff. Zeke Elliott, back under rostered 50%. He had a great game on the ground. So uh, de- definitely look at Zeke Elliott, I think, if you need we're not excited about him, but if if you need someone just for an end of bench stash, if you have Ramondre, look at him. And then Matt Breida, twenty six point two percent rostered. If no Saquon this week, Breida will go again. He could fall in the end zone once again. But quickly, uh, just running through these names of wide receivers again. Tank Dell, we've been screaming his name for weeks now. How is he only twenty three percent anyway? Yeah, it's going to be like 70 or 80 after this week. He had a great week three. Uh, I would love to have a – I actually have in, in one of my dynasty leagues, I have a Stroud-Tank-Dell combo. So I'm, I'm very excited about that stack. Romeo Dobbs, after a, a down week two, he saw double-digit targets in week number three. So keep Dobbs on your radar, uh, someone to potentially stack with Jordan Love. We talked about Quentin Johnston. He has some long-term value here. Uh, Josh Palmer, if you need a one-week fix-it, like like – it's a one week fix it. I what they have a buy in week five, I believe. So you're pretty much running him for one week here. We'll see what happens after the buy, but um, decent matchup this week. Rashid Shahid had some big plays once again here. Uh, we know how Jameis likes to sling it deep. Look at him 27.9% roster. DJ Chark 43.2% roster. I'm not excited about Chark, but if it's Andy Dalton again under center, he's going to have some value. How about Andy Dalton, boys? The Red Rifle slinging it in Seattle. Dude, Good for start him. Start your receivers against the Seahawks. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Don't start the Seahawks defense. I tried to do it this last week. It, it did not. I don't know. They play the Giants this week, so it's a mixed bag. The, the, it, very mixed bag. But Big game for Wondell Robinson coming. Bank it. Oh, like yes. It. Yes. And what is up with it? Their secondary was supposed to be their strength. Still young. Tariq Woolen uh, was out as but, well. Rick yeah. Was out. yeah. 
How about that they, name they, change? How about that name change? Go, dro- dropping a syllable there for Reek. You don't seem impressed, Scott. You don't seem happy about it. I, I, I'm fine with it. Let the, <laughs> let, the, let the young man do what he wants. Uh, and then the tight end position, Jake Ferguson, still only 12% rostered. He needs to be rostered pretty much everywhere as well. He's getting some volume for tight ends. Let's get to the in the scope, the deep candidates here uh, this weekend, boys. And Scott, I'll fire you up first, man. Who is someone you are looking at for deeper leagues and who could be a potential waiver wire ad next week that you can get for free right now? Um, somebody I already added in deeper leagues, and that's Calvin. Is it the third Calvin Austin wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Second year guy who missed his rookie yeah. year. Um, he was a guy I liked coming out of college his rookie year and then injuries to put a stop to that. So, you know, he was kind of just one of those guys going under the radar, you know, rookie gets hurt coming into their second year. There's just, you've spent all your frothing at the mouth for other rookies that played. You kind of forget about him. So he's a guy I like, and obviously he's, his playing time has increased with the Deontay Johnson injury, but he's been about as roughly a 75% snap share the last two games. Two of the three games this year, he's had six targets, including a 22 over 22.2% target share in week three. He's involved. Um, and he scored a he scored a he scored a touchdown and he returned a punt for a touchdown. So I mean he's 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 a playmaker. Um and he's free right now. Uh what what was his percentage? You have it up there? 1.6. Yeah. I mean, he's free right now. I don't think anybody, I mean, maybe because he scored the touchdown. I mean, the problem is is you know, he's been getting targets, but you know, the the catch percentage is way down, and I'm not necessarily gonna blame that on Calvin. It's probably more of a picket thing, but um but it's just promising. I mean, we, we we only have so much to go on in three weeks when we're talking about deep, deep league stashes. So what I'm looking for, especially with wide receivers this early, is snap share, targets, you know, not necessarily fantasy points yet, but just who are some guys that are trending towards, you know, at least having the opportunity to score more points right later in the season. Yeah, we'll yeah, see a I'll... little bit. We'll, we'll see a little bit with how, how much how much he's going to get these next few weeks with Deontay out. And it was interesting because even in week one with Deontay there for, yeah, for, for part of that game, uh, he looked good as well. So yeah, I, I am interested here. It looks like he is going to be probably the number two receiving option in this offense. As long as Deontay's out, looks like Allen Robinson will not take that role. I know some people were kind of investing in him a couple weeks ago as well. So yeah, I like Calvin Austin, man. He, he, he's fast and Listen, man, if, if you can catch the ball in Pittsburgh and be a reliable target, like that's what they want. He's going to get more usage after that, that deep shot there from Kenny at the beginning of that Raiders game as well. So, Jorge, I'm going to send it over to you for your inaugural in the scope candidate here at the In Between Fantasy Football podcast. Well, we talked about him a little bit earlier, Marvin Mims. I think uh, his his role is only going to grow. I mean, he's been so successful. I mean, the last two, I mean, what, he had 113 yards and a touchdown two weeks, yeah. you know, in week two. Last week, he had another long run. I mean, his dot right now is 23.6, which is ridiculous. His yards per route run is 7.2. Yeah, it's now, over seven. Yeah, I mean, like, like you know, Tyreek Hill was incredible, was like beyond hyper elite last year. and He was at three. And the great receivers are at like two and a half. And so that's got to be, I mean, it's going to come down, but that's going to, hopefully that's coming down because his usage is going way up. I love I love what Marvin Mims has been putting out there this year, guys, and it's exciting, man. And it, he's someone that if you want to throw him out there in a league, like you kind of have to have some big nuts right now. But I, I'm totally down behind him. I'm totally get, getting have, with it right now. If I would have played him over Josh Reynolds, I would have won my SFB matchup. Oh, say it ain't uh, so. Oh, oh, I I have him on I have him on a couple of deep rosters. I haven't I haven't had the guts to start him. So I will round us out here, boys, and uh, appreciate all, all the questions in the chat. We'll try to hit a couple more here if we have a minute here, uh, round it out. But I want to talk about a guy who's been catching my eye, who I really liked a lot this offseason too, and it's Rashi Rice for the Kansas City Chiefs. And we are very lucky this man did knock in the end zone here once again in week three. He went down at about like the one-inch line. They initially called it a touchdown. They brought it back. Um, but Rice is continuing to get involved here. Snap percentage going up each and every single week. And I, I think really like we're seeing Kadarius Tony phased out of this offense. I know it was a blowout, but 3% uh, 
three uh, percent snap share for Kadarius Tony here in week number three. Rice, meanwhile, it just continues to get better. He's up over 50% snap share. And right now, he's number one in the Chiefs targets for wide receivers, 15 of them, and uh, second in the red zone uh, targets as well among the receivers. So, like, it's him and Sky Moore. I don't think you should be bailing on Sky Moore. And if Sky Moore's out there too, like, I'd also be considering Sky Moore a little bit. But uh, I think Rice. The Chiefs offense together, they're kind of finding what their groove a little bit. Taylor Swift, of course, being in the house, we'll get that going. <laughs> um, but guys, I, I think Rashi Rice here, like I'm going to throw out probably a dollar or two fab in some leagues to just make sure I get him. But I, I think after waivers, he'll be still be there in a lot of leagues. Yeah, I mean, he's got the same he's got the same trend too. I mean, and with with Rice, you know, he wasn't necessarily as good of a prospect as some of these other guys, but his situation was such that there was, you know it was anybody's job for the taking in Kansas city, as far as who would be, I mean, they probably won't ever have just a dominant stud alpha wide receiver. one, yeah. But as who is going to take over that majority, I don't think it's Kadarius Tony either. And Rasheed Rice has been going up. I mean, to already be at 50% snap share and seven, he had seven targets, five catches, 59 yards in this past game to already be there by week three. That's, that's a, that's a promising, that's promising for him with Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball. I like him this week a little bit too. I know they're playing the Jets, but the Jets can't move the ball right now. So I think Kansas City's going to have a lot of time in possession here. They could get up by multiple scores again and just see what they what they have in Rice, even if it's not Patrick Mahomes back there. Um, let's go ahead though. We'll round out the show. Just a couple questions here. Um, thank you all, everyone, for the for the questions. Hope you guys are subscribing to the channel, hanging out with us again. Uh, pick up Jalen Warren or Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers has to be rostered, man. Scott, I don't know if you have his target percentage number on you, but it is it is high and is loud and proud right there, man. He's, I think, wide receiver 20 on the year or something like that with missing a game still, not even going points per game. Yeah, I mean, in, in week three, because he missed the game, but in week three, he was up 27.3% target share. You know, and that, you know, it's with Adams. So, I mean, like, Adams is always going to be the be the alpha and the, the point scorer. But Myers is just a... I mean, for the most part, ever since he went undrafted, you know, he's he's just he's been solid. Um, I saw somebody mention this a few weeks ago, just like the the trials and tribulations of the Patriots and their scouting and reviewing of wide receivers just continues to baffle that they basically opted for Juju over J Jacoby Myers. Um, so I'm I'm taking Jacoby Myers here, although I like I like having like Jalen Warren too. at yeah. this point. Um, I think Warren especially. Is in PPR leagues. Um, I mean, you know, Najee's Najee's picked up the pace just a bit. So I, it's, it's never going to be a scenario where Jalen Warren is the lead back, you know, but it's, you know, it's kind of not too unlike a Chan and, and Raheem Mostert, like, you know, they're both going to play. Um, and in, to have a, to have a, a valuable running back in today's NFL is not about somebody that gets 20 carries and yep. 80, 90% of the rush, running back rushes. If a guy can get, you know, nine carries and four targets, and they have the explosivity of Jalen. Welcome to my roster. Welcome my What's roster. That? I say, welcome to my roster. If they're getting, <laughs> they're getting that. That's the yeah, thing. Exactly. That, so I mean, he's, thing. Not, he's, he's not there. getting that. He's not getting that yet. But I mean, that's. I just think it's it's more valuable than people give it credit for. No, I, I look at I, I actually take Warren in this one just because oh, of the fact okay. that I think I, just because I think the running back position is so depleted right now. And I, I was just looking up some numbers for an article that's actually going to come out in Yahoo tomorrow. Uh, my, my weekly running back, uh, my, my weekly running back art article. And uh, he is getting, he's getting very close into that 10 to, you know, 10 to 12 range of weekly touches with a lot of those touches being valuable. He is way out distancing Najee Harris when it comes to, when it comes to tar, uh, routes oh, run it's, and, and it's targets. So, yeah. and those are such valuable, valuable touches. So I, uh, that's why I'm, I'm looking at Warren being somewhat, I mean, right now you want value at running back. And I think he's become a very valuable running back. And I say that as someone who made Najee Harris, one of my guys before the season. So, um, it was painful. I, it's, I, it's been a tough watch, man. It's been a tough yeah, watch, especially, you know, Najee's rookie season, man, he had so many receptions and targets. So just to see the downfall has been sad. Well, guys, thank you everyone so much for tuning in tonight. It was a great episode. Jorge, thank you for your knowledge, our friend. Tell us how we can best support you and where we can find you and all your great content this season. 
Oh my goodness. Well, th- well, first off, thank you, mis amigos. Muchas gracias. It was great seeing both of you at the at the Fantasy Football Expo. Just much love. And uh, yeah, you can find me at Jorge Martin seventeen on Twitter. Um, I, if you get, I'd, I'd love it if you guys could check out the content I have coming out on Yahoo. But uh, also, I've still got my Familia FFB podcast that comes out on Wednesday evenings. Um, got a special guest, Tim Riley. Um, Mm. And then uh, uh, one thing that just uh, la- that I just launched at the, uh, right before the season with uh, Dr. Evan Porras, uh, we're co-hosting is Friday afternoon. Uh, after all the injuries are in, we do a Friday afternoon podcast, uh, the injury prone podcast. We just put it up on YouTube. Uh, please like and subscribe. Well, I, remember, I remember you talking about that at the expo. That's awesome. Yeah, so we, we yeah, we've got awesome. yeah we've we we're every Friday afternoon he does a little walk-in clinic on Tuesday mornings uh, that we post on YouTube and then yeah on on uh, Friday afternoon it's been he's been great he's oh, yeah. I, I feel like I learned so much from him oh dude those injury experts man they they really know how to calm the nerves here uh, when we're all sweating it out for Scott and I guys or you up the nerves <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's <laughs> true that's that's for scott and i you can catch us here on the youtube channel at ibt underscore media we are also on all social platforms at that handle in between media.com we have a ton of shit ton a seismic ton a metric ton of content coming your guys's way this fantasy football season so make sure you're checking us out um and uh thanks to kyle in the back as always and scott i know you have a lot of stuff coming out here uh roto baller fantasy data so just make sure you're following scott at munder difflin ff the data is unreal he'll make you smarter at this game he's made me smarter so thank you guys all so much we'll talk to you on our friday show when eric and i are back for some feel goodness on that friday but until then keep it in between (laughs) 